Hello there, my fellow warriors. Welcome to another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. I really wanted to talk today about the blame game and importantly, that we need to stop the blame game. I think we're all guilty of this at certain points in our lives, blaming somebody for something. Now, this isn't to say that sometimes people deserve blame. Lots of times, perhaps people and situations, maybe groups of people deserve blame. That's probably more than true. But I really want to talk about what it does to us. Really, what is happening to us when we get stuck in that blame game situation? I mean, let's face it, it's easier. Well, I don't want to say easier. It seems easier to blame someone else or something else for the situation we find ourselves in than to do something about it, right? It's always easier to talk about something than it is to actually put one foot in front of the other, make a decision, change our attitude, change our focus, and head into a different direction, right? It's easier to blame the government, your parents, your boss, the economy, your ancestors, or somebody else's ancestors, your genes, your trauma. That's easier in the beginning than to accept where you are and move forward. In fact, now it's kind of interesting I don't know where you are and what your perspective is or your memory, but I don't think it, it used to be fashionable or good or right to be pointing fingers at other people. That used to be kind of frowned upon, right? My gosh, we're in an age now where it's not only accepted, it's promoted. Blame, blame, point fingers, point fingers, instead of accepting personal responsibility. I'm not saying that your situation you are personally responsible for because I think we find ourselves in situations that are not of our doing or not completely. Did you ever read or watch or um, listen to some of these motivational speakers of, of decades ago? And there probably are plenty that, that are, speak like this too, but the premise was that you can make your life be anything you want it to be. All you have to do is set goals and move toward them and achieve them. And I kind of subscribed to that theory for a while. And I know people that do that and it, and it does work out. And, and I'm, I do believe in setting goals. Don't get me wrong. But I also know from experience and from talking to a whole lot of other people that we can't control most of our lives. We can control, though, what we think, what we say, what we do, and our feelings most of the time. Those other three things, our thoughts, our words, our actions, we can control them all the time. And we should. Didn't say it was easy. <laughs> Nothing is ever easy. But, you know, so I've, I've heard before, well, you're exactly where you are today based on your decisions. And eh, I don't know about that. Not sure I completely buy that. Some of our decisions, of course. And some of our decisions that unwittingly, right, we didn't know at the time. It seemed like a good decision. We can't see the future. How would we know that this was going to happen? Had we known, right, hindsight's twenty twenty. we would have done something different. So I, I don't subscribe to that. But, but let's go back to the fact that blaming other people has become fashionable. It is encouraged. But where does it lead us? 
yes, some of the things that have gone on in your life. You should point the finger at somebody. When my daughter Jamie was in her addiction, she lived half of her life in addiction, 15 years. It was hell. It was a nightmare. And if any of you have dealt with that or even been witness to someone dealing with that, and I think particularly for a parent, it's it's really tough, right? I mean, it, it was hell. That's why I call it the roller coaster from hell. And I remember just blaming Jamie, just if she would get better, my life would be fine. We had a friend that betrayed us by stealing our savings. And if he wouldn't have done that, our life would be fine. And the list goes on. Of course, I'd like to have that money back. Of course, I wish my daughter Jamie would have beat her addiction. Of course, more than anything, I wish she were still on this earth and she hadn't been murdered. All of that. I mean, I, I could just sit around blaming. My life is sad because that guy pulled the trigger. I could blame him. I do blame him for killing Jamie, but I am not stuck in the blame game. Because I know where it leads. Because I was there. I visited there for a long time. In fact, I became a resident for a while. It's a place called Victim Land. And Victim Land at first seems kind of nice. People understand you. They get it. You get to blame and point fingers and everyone's doing it. So it's cool. I don't care if anyone is really doing it in the real world now, outside of Victim Land. I still don't think it's cool. Okay, let's hold people accountable. That's different. Holding someone accountable is different than focusing all of your attention or a lot of your attention on blaming somebody else, something else, some group of people, some situation. Because it just keeps you stuck. It keeps you stuck in Victim Land. And there's no power in victim land. That's where we are helpless. It's where we are hopeless. Where we don't have any self-worth, any strength or courage. It's a paralyzing place of self-pity. Sometimes this blame game is actually played more intensely with ourselves. I know for me, when Jamie was in her addiction, I blamed me more than I blamed her. More than I blamed her dad, who has that gene. More than I blamed her for taking the drugs, for making those decisions, for hanging out with those people. You know, she was shot the first time when she was 18. I know it's weird to say the first time, but she was. And, and the people that she was hanging out with in the area she was in was shocking to me. Why in the hell? she would want to be there still beyond my comprehension. So yes, I blamed Jamie. I blamed this boyfriend that just had this hold on her. But honestly, I blamed myself more than anybody else. It was as if I held her down and stuck drugs in her, which of course I didn't. She didn't experience anything like this lifestyle that she had somehow ran after, that she somehow became accustomed to, that she obviously loved and enjoyed. And I don't know how much her addiction played into it. I'm just saying that I blamed me more. I think maybe it was easier. You know what I mean? Maybe it was easier if I could just kind of somehow control the situation not the situation, but control why we ended up here. 
if I could just blame myself. Well, you know, that's an express ticket to victim land. So it's kind of funny. When we think about blame and blaming other people, we think about being a victim. When we think about blaming ourselves, sometimes we think, well, that's noble. I'm taking it on myself. <laughs> there is nothing noble about beating yourself up, continuing to blame yourself, not forgiving yourself, living in guilt and shame. And especially if you're blaming yourself for something you had no control over. It's ridiculous, but I understand it. If that's where you are, whatever it is you've been through, your story is probably quite different from mine. Whatever you've been through, I get it. I get where you are. But I also know what it's like to get to the other side and to stop living in that blame game. Okay, more recently, I can tell you something because when I say get to the other side, I want you to understand that I'm not perfect by any stretch and I still struggle. That's why I use my nine weapons of hope. That's why I work on all of this constantly because I'm human too and life comes after me. So let me tell you something more recent that is perhaps a little less serious than what I've been talking about, but I have gained a lot of weight and... Um, Okay, some people that look at me go, oh, no, you look great. You know, I don't know, you know, what they're comparing to or if they're just trying to be nice. But for me, and I knew it was happening. And for some reason, I was on this really bad path. And I knew that I was not eating the right things. And here, here's the bottom line, real quick. I have hypothyroidism. And it, and it started when I was in my late 20s, like 29 years old-ish. I can't remember exactly now. But I had a tumor on my thyroid and it wound up needing to be radiated because it was a hot nodule and I was actually hyperthyroid. That was kind of nice. The weight was just falling off me. <laughs> my heart was racing out of my chest. It, it, you know, you can't live like that. So um, I had to have it radiated. Anyway, so I've been on medication for a long time, for decades. And yeah, okay, it regulates it, but it's just not the same. And when I hit metabolism, when I hit metabolism, I wish I hit metabolism. <laughs> when I hit menopause, hey, I'm going to put that in my head. I hit metabolism. When I hit menopause, it's like my metabolism, whatever I had left of it went, eh, see ya. So I blamed my weight gain on that. And, and there is some validity to that. But here's my point. I had kind of succumbed. I said, well, you know what? I enjoy food and I want to be able to eat like the big people. And, you know, I want to be able to have a glass of wine and I want to be able to do this and that. And it's not fair. It's not fair. And, you know, it's just the way it is. Rich will just have to get used to it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, the fact of the matter was I don't, I didn't feel good. I was not feeling good. I can't fit into any of my clothes or most of my clothes. It just, it, I wasn't feeling good. I'm not even talking as much about me physically, which I didn't like, but also just how I was feeling. And so, I mean, I literally, this is just a week ago, I literally said to myself, really? You're just going to keep blaming your thyroid and you're just going to keep blaming adrenal fatigue and just, what are you going to do? You know, you're just going to keep heading in that direction? The fact of the matter is, is that I didn't want to stop snacking for some reason. Well, let me tell you something. When I made that decision, when I put those nine weapons of hope into action, I lost the cravings overnight. Crazy, crazy. Thank you, God. That's spiritual armor. That's one of my nine weapons of hope. Thank you, God. But anyway, yes, I'm working on it now. 
because I decided to do something about it instead of playing the blame game. Because here's the deal. We are where we are. I, you know, I always say this. I wish that you and I had met in a different way. And I don't know your particular story. But I'm pretty sure that life has handed you something pretty difficult to walk through. Well, let's face it. For most people, almost everybody, by the time we get to a certain age, we've walked through tough stuff. Nobody escapes this life without challenges, without loss, without heartbreak. Everybody does. But you found this podcast because you've been through something really tough. You identified with me because of my story, even if your story is different. And you know what? I always say, I wish that we could have met in a different way. I mean, yeah, I wish we hadn't had to meet because of this devastation. You know, because the the beast had us down on the mat, because we rode the roller coaster from hell. I wish we could have met in a different way. I always say, I wish my first book was not called Still Standing After All the Tears. I wish it was a cookbook and we could be talking right now about some cool recipe, right? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be a wonderful way to meet? But that's not my story and it's not yours. Here we are. So whatever has happened to you, like with me, here we are. So we either accept it. We don't have to like it. We just accept what has happened and then figure out how to make it better, how to use it for good, because I firmly believe that everything can be used for good and should be used for good. Don't waste whatever you've been through because it's an opportunity for you to learn and grow and change and help other people to be a shining example of courage and strength, to be that light that somebody so desperately needs. So we have to ask ourselves, what good is blame? Again, there are certain situations and people that could be blamed in this way. Don't stay in an unhealthy relationship. Don't stay in an unhealthy situation. That's your choice to do that. But you should accept your reality and be be determined to make your life better right where you are. Whatever's swirling around in your orbit, make your life better. You must forgive. This is a big one. It's in my weapon of hope called your release. It is so important that you forgive. So I know you've probably heard me talk about my daughters, the guy who killed my daughter and how I've forgiven him. And I know you might find that crazy because listen, I used to hear stories. I would see somebody on the news that said, Well, I've forgiven him and I think, wow, those are some super duper people. Those are like way out there Christian people with such faith. And I mean, they were probably raised by a pastor or something. I mean, how do you get there? No way. If anybody ever killed one of my kids, I'd never forgive them. I'd show them, right? Well, that's just it. I'm not showing anybody by being angry and not forgiving. So when I say I forgive, I don't like what he did. I hate what he did. And I want him to be punished, and I believe he should. I believe that justice is that he spends the rest of his life in prison. That's justice. But justice and forgiveness are two different things. When you blame somebody, when you won't forgive them, you're carrying around this massive weight of unforgiveness, and it is a heavy burden. And it keeps you from going, okay, this situation happened. I hate it. 
I have, I'm disappointed by it. I have a, a hole in my heart from it. I've changed because of it. But I'm still going to do something about it. When you refuse to forgive, when you refuse to keep pointing the finger at somebody else, even if that somebody else is responsible for the situation you find yourself in, what do you want to do? How does point the, pointing the finger at them for the rest of your life help you? How does it change anything? It doesn't. You've got to do an about face and get moving on with this life that's hauling by at warp speed. It's time for you to stand up on top of that story. Gain the courage to remove stigma and shame and guilt and all of the other stuff. And you know what? I'm more than willing to do it with you. So link arms with me. Go to ValerieSilvera.com and you can look at the resources that I have. Namely, I want you to join my Trauma Disruptors community. It's not on social media. It's a private community. And we're just getting started and I really want you to jump on board because we've got a lot of work to do together and it's always better to not feel alone. You can also get there at traumadisruptors.com and we also have coming up, we have our very first Warriors in Hope event. This one is going to be online and it's Warriors in Hope 2022 and I hope you will join us for that event. There's actually no cost. I have a couple of really amazing guests and my husband, Rich, and my son, Sean, are going to do some family sessions, which are going to be unscripted, uh, I mean, off the cuff, very candid discussions about a couple of different things. All the topics we have are really, really cool. So I hope you'll join us for that. If you go and join the Trauma Disruptors community, you'll learn about it. If you're on my email list at ValerieSavera.com, you'll learn about it. So let's do this. Let's learn how to stop the blame game because it's not helping you. It's not moving your life forward. And your life is too valuable to be stuck in the blame game. Your story matters. This is why I'm always encouraging you to live it courageously, to get out there and lead the way. And as you do, you must remember that you're not alone. I will be standing right there with you. Hello there, my fellow warriors. Welcome to another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. I really wanted to talk today about the blame game. And importantly, that we need to stop the blame game. I think we're all guilty of this at certain points in our lives, blaming somebody for something. Now, this isn't to say that sometimes people deserve blame. Lots of times, perhaps people and situations... Maybe groups of people deserve blame. That's probably more than true. But I really want to talk about what it does to us. Really, what is happening to us when we get stuck in that blame game situation? I mean, let's face it. It's easier. Well, I don't want to say easier. It seems easier to blame someone else or something else for the situation we find ourselves in than to do something about it, right? It's always easier to talk about something than it is to actually put one foot in front of the other, make a decision, change our attitude, change our focus, and head into a different direction. 
right? It's easier to blame the government, your parents, your boss, the economy, your ancestors or somebody else's ancestors, your genes, your trauma. That's easier in the beginning than to accept where you are and move forward. In fact, now it's kind of interesting. I don't know where you are and what your perspective is or your memory, but I don't think it, it used to be fashionable or good or right to be pointing fingers at other people. That used to be kind of frowned upon, right? My gosh, we're in an age now where it's not only accepted, it's promoted. Blame, blame, point fingers, point fingers, instead of accepting personal responsibility. I'm not saying that your situation you are personally responsible for, because I think we find ourselves in situations that are not of our doing or not completely. Did you ever read or watch or um, listen to some of these motivational speakers of, of decades ago? And there probably are plenty that, that are, speak like this too, but the premise was that you can make your life be anything you want it to be. All you have to do is set goals and move toward them and achieve them. And I kind of subscribed to that theory for a while. And I know people that do that and it, and it does work out. And, and I'm, I do believe in setting goals. Don't get me wrong. But I also know from experience and from talking to a whole lot of other people that we can't control most of our lives. We can control, though, what we think, what we say, what we do, and our feelings most of the time. Those other three things, our thoughts, our words, our actions, we can control them all the time. And we should. Didn't say it was easy. <laughs> Nothing is ever easy. But, you know, so I've, I've heard before, well, you're exactly where you are today based on your decisions. Eh, I don't know about that. Not sure I completely buy that. Some of our decisions, of course. And some of our decisions that unwittingly, right, we didn't know at the time. It seemed like a good decision. We can't see the future. How would we know that this was going to happen? Had we known, right, hindsight's twenty twenty. we would have done something different. So I don't subscribe to that. But, but let's go back to the fact that blaming other people has become fashionable. It is encouraged. But where does it lead us? Yes, some of the things that have gone on in your life. You should point the finger at somebody. When my daughter Jamie was in her addiction, she lived half of her life in addiction, 15 years. It was hell. It was a nightmare. And if any of you have dealt with that or even been witness to someone dealing with that, and I think particularly for a parent, it's, it's really tough, right? I mean, it, it was hell. That's why I call it the roller coaster from hell. And I remember just blaming Jamie, just if she would get better, my life would be fine. We had a friend that betrayed us by stealing our savings. And if he wouldn't have done that, our life would be fine. And the list goes on. Of course, I'd like to have that money back. Of course, I wish my daughter Jamie would have beat her addiction. Of course. More than anything, I wish she were still on this earth and she hadn't been murdered. All of that. I mean, I, I could just sit around blaming. My life is sad because that guy pulled the trigger. I could blame him. I do blame him for killing Jamie, but I am not stuck in the blame game. 
because I know where it leads because I was there. I visited there for a long time. In fact, I became a resident for a while. It's a place called Victim Land. And Victim Land at first seems kind of nice. People understand you. They get it. You get to blame and point fingers and everyone's doing it. So it's cool. I don't care if anyone is really doing it in the real world now, outside of Victim Land. I still don't think it's cool. Okay, let's hold people accountable. That's different. Holding someone accountable is different than focusing all of your attention or a lot of your attention on blaming somebody else, something else, some group of people, some situation. Because it just keeps you stuck. It keeps you stuck in victim land. And there's no power in victim land. That's where we are helpless. It's where we are hopeless. Where we don't have any self-worth any strength or courage. It's a paralyzing place of self-pity. Sometimes this blame game is actually played more intensely with ourselves. I know for me, when Jamie was in her addiction, I blamed me more than I blamed her. More than I blamed her dad, who has that gene, more than I blamed her for taking the drugs, for making those decisions, for hanging out with those people. You know, she was shot the first time when she was 18. I know it's weird to say the first time, but she was. And, and the people that she was hanging out with in the area she was in was shocking to me. Why in the hell she would want to be there is still beyond my comprehension. And so, yes, I mean, where was I on this? I have to stop because I didn't know where I was. So yes, I blamed Jamie. I blamed this boyfriend that just had this hold on her. But honestly, I blamed myself more than anybody else. It was as if I held her down and stuck drugs in her, which of course I didn't. She didn't experience anything like this lifestyle that she had somehow ran after, that she somehow became accustomed to, that she obviously loved and enjoyed. And I don't know how much her addiction played into it. I'm just saying that I blamed me more. I think maybe it was easier. You know what I mean? Maybe it was easier if I could just kind of somehow control the situation. Not the situation, but control why we ended up here. If I could just blame myself. Well, you know, that's an express ticket to victim land. So it's kind of funny when we think about blame and blaming other people, we think about being a victim. When we think about blaming ourselves, sometimes we think, well, that's noble. I'm taking it on myself. <laughs> there is nothing noble about beating yourself up, continuing to blame yourself, not forgiving yourself, living in guilt and shame, and especially if you're blaming yourself for something you had no control over, it's ridiculous, but I understand it. If that's where you are, whatever it is you've been through, your story is probably quite different from mine. Whatever you've been through, I get it. I get where you are. But I also know what it's like to get to the other side and to stop living in that blame game. Okay, more recently, I can tell you something because when I say get to the other side, I want you to understand that I'm not perfect by any stretch 
and I still struggle. That's why I use my nine weapons of hope. That's why I work on all of this constantly because I'm human too and life comes after me. So let me tell you something more recent that is perhaps a little less serious than what I've been talking about, but I have gained a lot of weight and, um, okay. Some people that look at me go, Oh no, you look great. You know, I don't know, you know, what they're comparing to, or if they're just trying to be nice, but for me, and I knew it was happening. And for some reason I was on this really bad path and I knew that I was not eating the right things. And here, here's the bottom line real quick. I have hypothyroidism and it, and it started when I was in my late twenties, like 29 years oldish. I can't remember exactly now, but I had a tumor on my thyroid and it wound up needing to be radiated because it was a hot nodule and I was actually hyperthyroid. That was kind of nice. The weight was just falling off me. <laughs> my heart was racing out of my chest. It, it, you know, you can't live like that. So, um, I had to have it radiated anyway. So I've been on medication for a long time for decades. And yeah, okay, it regulates it, but it's just not the same. And when I hit metabolism, when I hit metabolism, I wish I hit metabolism. <laughs> when I hit menopause, hey, I'm going to put that in my head. I hit metabolism. When I hit menopause, it's like my metabolism, whatever I had left of it went, eh, see ya. So I blamed my weight gain on that. And, and there is some validity to that, but here's my point. I had kind of succumbed. I said, well, you know what? I enjoy food and I want to be able to eat like the big people. And, you know, I want to be able to have a glass of wine and I want to be able to do this and that. And it's not fair. It's not fair. And, you know, it's just the way it is. Rich will just have to get used to it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, the fact of the matter was I don't, I didn't feel good. I was not feeling good. I can't fit into any of my clothes or most of my clothes. It just, it, I wasn't feeling good. Not even talking as much about me physically, which I didn't like, but also just how I was feeling. And so, I mean, I literally, this is just a week ago. I literally said to myself, really, you're just going to keep blaming your thyroid and you're just going to keep blaming adrenal fatigue and just, what are you going to do? You know, you're just going to keep heading in that direction. The fact of the matter is, is that I didn't want to stop snacking for some reason. Well, let me tell you something. When I made that decision, when I put those nine weapons of hope into action, I lost the cravings overnight. Crazy, crazy. Thank you, God. That's spiritual armor. That's one of my nine weapons of hope. Thank you, God. But anyway, yes, I'm working on it now because I decided to do something about it instead of playing the blame game. Because here's the deal. We are where we are. I, you know, I always say this. I wish that you and I had met in a different way. And I don't know your particular story, but I'm pretty sure that life has handed you something pretty difficult to walk through. Well, let's face it. For most people, almost everybody, by the time we get to a certain age, we've walked through tough stuff. Nobody escapes this life without challenges, without loss, without heartbreak. Everybody does. But you found this podcast because you've been through something really tough. You identified with me because of my story, even if your story is different. And you know what? I always say, I wish that we could have met in a different way. I mean, yeah, I wish we hadn't had to meet because of this devastation. 
you know, because the, the beast had us down on the mat, because we rode the roller coaster from hell, I wish we could have met in a different way. I always say, I wish my first book was not called Still Standing After All the Tears. I wish it was a cookbook. And we could be talking right now about some cool recipe, right? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be a wonderful way to meet? But that's not my story, and it's not yours. Here we are. So whatever has happened to you, like with me, here we are. So we either accept it. We don't have to like it. We just accept what has happened and then figure out how to make it better, how to use it for good, because I firmly believe that everything can be used for good and should be used for good. Don't waste whatever you've been through because it's an opportunity for you to learn and grow and change and help other people to be a shining example of courage and strength, to be that light that somebody so desperately needs. So we have to ask ourselves, what good is blame? Again, there are certain situations and people that could be blamed in this way. Don't stay in an unhealthy relationship. Don't stay in an unhealthy situation. That's your choice to do that. But you should accept your reality and be, term be determined to make your life better right where you are. Whatever's swirling around in your orbit, make your life better. You must forgive. This is a big one. It's in my weapon of hope called your release. It is so important that you forgive. So I know you've probably heard me talk about my daughters, the guy who killed my daughter and how I've forgiven him. And I know you might find that crazy because listen, I used to hear stories. I would see somebody on the news that said, well, I've forgiven him. And I think, wow, those are some super duper people. Those are like way out there Christian people with such faith. And I mean, they were probably raised by a pastor or something. I mean, how do you get there? No way. If anybody ever killed one of my kids, I'd never forgive them. I'd show them, right? Well, that's just it. I'm not showing anybody by being angry and not forgiving. So when I say I forgive, I don't like what he did. I hate what he did. And I want him to be punished, and I believe he should. I believe that justice is that he spends the rest of his life in prison. That's justice. But justice and forgiveness are two different things. When you blame somebody, when you won't forgive them, you're carrying around this massive weight of unforgiveness, and it is a heavy burden. And it keeps you from going, okay, this situation happened. I hate it. I have... I'm disappointed by it. I have a, a hole in my heart from it. I've changed because of it. But I'm still going to do something about it. When you refuse to forgive, when you refuse to keep pointing the finger at somebody else, even if that somebody else is responsible for the situation you find yourself in, what do you want to do? How does point, pointing the finger at them for the rest of your life help you? How does it change anything? It doesn't. You've got to do an about face and get moving on with this life that's hauling by at warp speed. It's time for you to stand up on top of that story. Gain the courage to remove stigma and shame and guilt and all of the other stuff. And you know what? I'm more than willing to do it with you. So link arms with me. Go to ValerieSilvera.com 
and you can look at the resources that I have. Namely, I want you to join my Trauma Disruptors community. It's not on social media. It's a private community. And we're just getting started and I really want you to jump on board because we've got a lot of work to do together and it's always better to not feel alone. You can also get there at traumadisruptors.com. And we also have coming up, we have our very first Warriors in Hope event. This one is going to be online and it's Warriors in Hope 2022. And I hope you will join us for that event. It's, there's actually no cost. I have a couple of really amazing guests and my husband, Rich, and my son, Sean, are going to do some family sessions, which are going to be unscripted. Uh, I mean, off the cuff, very candid discussions about a couple of different things. All the topics we have are really, really cool. So I hope you'll join us for that. If you go and join the Trauma Disruptors community, you'll learn about it. If you're on my email list, ValerieSavera.com, you'll learn about it. So let's do this. Let's learn how to stop the blame game because it's not helping you. It's not moving your life forward. And your life is too valuable to be stuck in the blame game. Your story matters. This is why I'm always encouraging you to live it courageously, to get out there and lead the way. And as you do, you must remember that you're not alone. I will be standing right there with you.